Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're covering Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. many faces. Death wears many different masks. But pure evil wears only one. And this is your final chance to see it. Goes to hell. The final Friday. We're celebrating the 30th anniversary of this film as we are now in 2023. Happy New Year! Yay! And uh, the movie came out in 1993. Goodness. <sighs> Yeah, that's been a while ago. It, 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 it looks like a movie that came out in 1993. It does. It's very late 80s, early 90s, and it's uh, it's whole movie, this. <laughs> this Jason is uh, played by Kane Hodder. Yep, this was his third time out as Jason. Wow. Yeah, and of course it stars... Jane Hodder. Oh, Kane Hodder. <laughs> Yes, we just said that. No, because he plays, because he plays the security guard oh, too. Okay, so I was making a joke. Oh, okay. It was okay. a terrible joke. Okay, I get it now. I was a little slow on the uptake there. Yeah, he's the security guard. He gets to be play Jason and be killed by Jason in this kind of. Um, you also have someone from the Friday the Thirteenth the series finally making the jump. Ryan, okay, from Friday the 13th, the series, plays Steven in this movie. No yep. relation, two different characters. Yep. But... John uh, D. LeMay finally makes the jump. Yeah, and which I think is amazing, and I have so many questions. How the hell did he get this, like, role? Like, how did he, how did he do it? Yeah, I tried to find online. There really didn't seem to be a lot of info about it. It's just interesting to me because, like... They There's no them... connection. There's only a connection via the name Friday yeah. the 13th. They went out of their way to keep them separate for a long time and make sure there was no references to Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th, the series at all. You know, they went out of their way to make sure there was never any cursed hockey mask or machete or anything like that that you had to deal with. So then they finally jumped him over there. But it would have been cool if they'd made, like, if he'd had a line where he said, like, oh, I just got back from working with my cousin or something like that and you could have been like hey yeah i just got back from working at the antique shop wink wink yeah that would have been kind of fun but they just chose to ignore that as well so yeah that was uh really what he was working with his cousin not for his cousin uh, she didn't own the well it was a it, it's a long story just kind of watch just watch the tv show and listen to our podcast about it 
Yes, we we covered Last that as Friday well. Friday the 13th, we covered the series instead of a movie. Ooh, yeah, because I'm going to tell you what. Not a fan of the series. Of I'm sorry, Friday the 13th. Not a Friday the 13th fan. I'm like, whatever. It's fine. The first one, obviously, classic. Tw- the second one, thumbs up. It, it just, when you start getting into like, like this one. Yes, there's an owl hooting rather loudly outside our window. If you can hear that out in podcast land. I don't think they can hear it, but I heard it and I don't like it for a multitude of reasons. But we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to move on and jump back right into Friday the 13th. Uh, what What is going on in this movie? Now, there is a thing behind the movie how obviously spoiler alert it's a 30 year old spoiler alert so fucking haven't seen it by now just just pause and then go watch the movie and come back um freddy freddy's glove and a little bit of his sweater yeah comes through in the end we're just gonna jump to the end comes through to the end pulls the hockey mask down okay and to hell and to hell so they have been trying apparently since around 1987 88 to do a Jason versus Freddy. And it just never seemed to happen. And you would have thought that once New Line, which this was the first Friday the 13th movie, which is technically not Friday the 13th, it's Jason Goes to Hell, because they didn't get the name Friday the 13th. They just got the character of Jason. So they get Jason finally. You'd think since New Line owned Jason and Freddy, that would have made it a lot easier, but it still took another 10 years for them to figure out a script and everything to do a Jason versus Freddy. Because how do you... I mean, obviously they did it. But, like, that's a quiet movie on one end. Jason yeah. doesn't speak. So... Because he chooses not to speak. I know he knows how to fucking speak. Because he rode the bus, like, in part two to get to where he needed to go. Yeah. We covered that in the podcast. He had to buy it. Unless he just went there and pointed at a map on the on the bus station wall. and He could have. But then again, how did he get the money? There's a lot of questions about this that we, are never answered. Yeah, we cover we 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 dwell uh, we we dove into all these questions when we covered uh, that film. But this film now there's that. But then there's also some weird fucking book that arises. So before we get into all of that, I just want just to give like a slight synopsis, Shad. Okay, and what is probably. My favorite opening to any of these Friday the 13th movies. It starts off with the. I just want to tell this part. I love the opening. Okay, of this. I was going to say, that's not a synopsis, bro. I, know, I just. <laughs> I love the opening of this where the girl's doing the typical thing. She's in the cabin alone out in the woods. She's taking a shower, and then Jason appears. He chases her through the woods, and you think he's about to overtake her and kill her when suddenly the SWAT team just, you know, jumps out of the trees. They come out of bushes, they come everywhere. And just blowing to pieces with every kind of gun imaginable and grenades. They then take all the pieces back to, uh, you know, a hospital or a mortuary, wherever they're at. They're in a basement somewhere. And they're going to do the autopsy on them. When Jason's heart that somehow survived all these explosions uh, and managed to be still so full of blood that it filled a ditch. Okay, that's okay. That's where I. That's my question. Where? Did all this blood come from that was in the dish? And that's not a synopsis. You're you're go. Oh, okay. So let's let's go back to this heart, full of blood, like this glass full of blood, 
with the heart. Like, what is up with that? Where all this blood come from? We just saw that he's blowing up to bits on grass. Okay? Dry fucking grass. There was no blood. It was just like arm, leg, heart, whatever, head. And Jason had a big heart and it was big heart full of blood. And once they put it into the to the beaker, it just, you know, the Petri dish, whatever you want to call it, it just started oozing out the blood, I guess. Okay. So the mortician guy or the coroner, he grabs the heart suddenly, just eats it. And then what looks like the little demon lights from Nightmare on Elm Street pop out of Jason's body and transfer Jason's spirit into this guy. And then kind of like the hidden or uh, what's on with Denzel Washington, the fallen, he's just going around jumping from body to body, trying to make his way back to Camp Crystal Lake because we've introduced now eight movies in, we've introduced that Jason has a sister we've never heard of. And in order to be reborn into his old body, Jason has to find her and possess her because only from a Voorhees can he be reborn or by a Voorhees can he be killed. We've added that wrinkle to it now, eight movies in. Which explains why I guess why no one could ever finally kill even any of the other eight movies. Or just the ninth movie, I'm sorry. Or the previous eight movies, that's why they couldn't kill him because they weren't a Voorhees. Yeah. So this would make... This whole, like, plot of the story is sad to me because it's something that could have been done way long ago and it's hated by many. A lot of people hate this film. Um, I like the explanation in a sense, but now you're just going to, like, Halloween territory with, like, oh, we have to have some kind of blood connection and... Now he's going after blood and, you know, it, it's only going to take, like, it's just too much. It's it, it's too much when it's, like, number nine in the movie. Yeah. Like... If you didn't introduce this, like, in part two or three... You I'm going to give a part away. three. Yeah, if you'd had at least part three and you introduced this, I might be like, all right, fine. But by the time you've hit part nine, I mean, the man's already been to New York at this point. He's already been... <laughs> he's been to the Statue of Liberty. He's already been to New York. He's already done all these things, so... He traveled out of a fucking lake, okay? On a cruise ship. On a cruise ship. He cruised to... from a lake <laughs> somewhere in New Jersey to New York. Now, here's the thing I still don't understand about that. How the fuck was a big-ass cruise ship in that lake? You know, it, they just... They helicoptered it in. I guess. Because it's not like a little yacht. It's a big ship. Anyhow. Who oh, no, knows? There's a lot. There's a, there's, see, this is exactly why. I'm not saying Halloween is perfect. That shit is, especially now, it's all jacked up. Okay. But at least... Michael Myers just put his ass behind the wheel of a car and drove to wherever he was trying to kill a bitch. Yeah. He knew how to drive, at least, damn. Like... <laughs> he just he had a job the other 364 uh, days of the year, he did something else. That's not true. He just laid in that old man's house, that, or that old man's shack that time out in part uh, five. 
That's he because laid there for a year. He had to. He was badly. He was badly hurt, and he went down the stream. Okay. Who, who was feeding him for that whole year? How did he? The eat? old man, obviously. Drink? That's what makes that scene so sad. Because the old man was caring for him. He was bringing him the gutter fishes, mashed potatoes in his mouth, and mashing them up for him so he can swallow. Yes, them. yes. He did all of those things. He was a caring old man, and then he gets murdered because that's the thing. Michael Myers doesn't have compassion. And but not we have to put little away from Myers because this is a Voorhees <laughs> cast. We're covering Jason. Who does he go to hell? I mean, I question At the mark. End, apparently, he might. That's and then my thing is I started talking about the book. So there's this book that randomly shows up in the movie. The Necronomicon from Evil Dead. Yes. And it's the Necronomicon from the Evil Dead movies. Like the actual one. Like the like the prop they used is in, in those this. films. Yeah. And apparently that wasn't something they asked permission to do. They just kind of did it. They borrowed that without checking with Sam Raimi, who wasn't real happy about it. So, from what I've read, the director of it wanted to imply that Jason was... A deadite. That that's how he managed to come back from the lake after he died as a little kid. You know, I mean, he did die when he was like nine years old. Even at the end of the first movie, he's a little kid jumping out of the lake to grab her. Then a couple of years later, he's a grown man. Yep. Who can take the bus and everything. And they never really delved into that. No. Then I've heard some of the stories say, oh, well, he did survive, but he lived in the woods like a scavenger for years. Why, Why didn't he just go back to his mom? None of it makes any sense. But that was where his thing was, like, oh, Pamela Voorhees brought him back from the dead, and she made a deal with, you know, whoever the devil or whoever it is that runs the Necronomicon to bring him dead back. Deadite, according to his new evil dead rise, whatever, it's a, the dead mother. <laughs> well, that's because Smile was very popular, so you got to have, like, people smiling creepily on your poster now. Mm, mm, okay. The next few horror movies all have that on there, since that movie made a billion dollars on, like, a $10 million budget or yes, whatever. It made $216 million. Yeah. On a $17 million. So it made $200 million with a profit, so you can bet they're going to try and copy it for a few movies now. And I, you know what? I, I can't say as I blame them. Let's, let's see if we can't get some of that money. But, yeah, so this movie... He's a it, deadite, so I like this. See, this is where this is where it, it kills me, because you have the whole, like, okay, this is why we have not been able to kill this foe. Like, he's a zombie. Like, he died <laughs> and came back. <laughs> and his name is not JC. So his name is Jason Voorhees. He's JV. So he came back resurrected. Okay, zombie. Now he's going around killing, like, he's continued killing people for years, you know, as a zombie. That would explain, oh, he's a deadite. Okay, perfect explanation, you know, and the whole thing of, like, those are those old movies, you know, like, those, like, fantasy movies, you know, where they always, even, like, obviously novels, that they have, like, there has to be, like, a blood connection. It's, like, Blood, blood, yeah. blood, you know, you know, the seventh son of the seventh son, that, that, all that shit. That's perfect. Like, I can eat all that shit up, but not nine movies in. But the whole Deadite Necronomicon, because that's what I was, what I was telling you. I was like, how the hell are they going to have this book in here? I was mad about it. I was like, this is ridiculous. 
because we've never seen i'm like wait a second it's a whole book we only see ash in the in the movies cover like two pages yeah like what the fuck is in the rest of the book well apparently ways to bring your son back from the dead (laughs) and uh they even have like the uh the character creighton duke the bounty hunter who is after Jason because apparently they cut his backstory, but Jason killed his girlfriend when they were teenagers, so he's been hunting him ever since. He's played by Stephen Williams, who you might remember from The X-Files. He was uh, Mulder's source in the second and third and maybe fourth seasons. I remember he got killed off eventually, but I don't remember when. Uh, he also played in 21 Jump Street. He's been in a lot of things. He plays Creighton Duke, who has the great line about for $500,000. I will bring you Jason Voorhees. For that, you get the mask, the machete, the whole damn body or something like that. It's a parody of the Jaws speech that Quint gives. And he also has the creepy line about when they say, what do you think about uh, uh, Jason? When I say Jason Voorhees, what do you think of? He says, I think about a a little girl in a pink dress putting a hot dog through a donut. Yeah, what the fuck is that? yeah, I don't even... It's that not, is not what I think about when I think about Jason Voorhees. No, that's Voorhees. super fucking creepy and weird, but yeah. Maybe he's saying, like... I mean, the hot dog through the donut, that's... Some kind of a sexual very thing. Very vivid, but, but I get it, like, he's not scared of Jason. He's just like, oh, whatever, like a little girl. I, I don't I don't want to get into what the rest of that means, but... But he brings the... Jason's, uh... I guess now his, uh... What, his niece... Because his sister was played by his sister was played by Aaron Gray from Battlestar Galactica, sorry Buck Rogers, and also John Carpenter's agent. Uh, she brings her uh, dagger, which she doesn't use, but ends up passing it to her daughter. Which, when you touch this knife that looks regular, it suddenly turns into what looks like one of the Kandarian daggers from Evil Dead. Yeah. So they're bringing that into that part it too. was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then that she can use that dagger to stab Jason in the heart and kill him. Oh, they also have that connection. Freddy's Dead is the one where the, all the spirits, I yeah. think, come in, right? Which is the one where Freddy fucking finds out that he has a daughter. Yeah. Boom. And the daughter is the only one, or, or the one that can, like, take him out. I think so, yeah. It's been a while since I've watched that one. Um, literally, Jason goes to hell. Like, so they're trying to make some, really trying to connect, which I feel like those are too weird. I guess because they're big slashers, like... I wouldn't pair up Freddy with Michael Myers. Yeah. I would have always thought, like, a, a, I guess there'd be no dialogue in it. A Michael Myers versus Jason would have probably made more sense because they're both. That's a like, silent film. Please, someone come out with a silent film of that. I would watch that. Uh, with, like, the fucking well, You know, ever since they did, like, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein versus the werewolf and that kind of stuff, they've yeah. been wanting to do this mashup of stuff. And I think if they had managed to get the movie out at the time, they would have made a connection between, like, the they might have been able to pull off the Deadite one, who knows, between like the Deadites and Jason and Freddy. Because you remember, remember they also planned to do a Jason versus Freddy and Ash. Or Ash versus Jason and Freddy at one point that never came to be. Yeah, but I, I, that's what I was going to ask you, because I'm not a comic book person, but I remember there was rumblings in the comic book world. Wasn't there a comic book yeah, they that did had that? that so... They did that off of the screenplay that never got produced. Okay. So yeah, they, that was a thing they were thinking about doing for years that they tried to get off the ground after... They tried to get it off the ground for sure after the Jason versus Freddy came out and made a ton of money, and then they never made a sequel to it. So I, in the movies when they do this, um, 
I, it always it always gets me because it's like, oh, okay, they're just trying to remind us, like, hey, this is not like regular Joe going around killing people. This is Jason. Every time Jason has any kind of reflection, he's in a mirror or a fucking puddle or whatever, it's you see the person, you know, your POV is a person, but then when you see the reflection, it's Jason. Yeah. To remind you, like, oh, this is still Jason going around killing, you know, yeah, people. Yeah, you still see the full hockey mask guy. And I love how when, in the movie when he eventually gets reborn, He's reborn complete with the outfit he was wearing originally in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> he regenerated his clothes, too, because... like I guess they couldn't just have like a buck-naked Jason just pop up out of the hole and start running around killing everybody. That would be mad graphic, but also think about this. He's been in those clothes for years. Like, they're literally... Uh, like, when you wear... like They're like, you know, the people who, like are on the bed or like they're on a couch for too long and they, they peel yeah. them off and they have like the fabric stuck to their yeah, fucking that, skin like him. it grows over that's that's literally what happened yeah that's my explanation to how he's still wearing these clothes yeah and uh, I feel like they're also still wet probably <laughs> yeah there's a lot of uh, pretty good kills in this movie uh, like probably my favorite is the uh, now this, this is another thing that kills me about this movie the John D. LeMay's character is driving. He sees three people out hitchhiking. He picks them up and they say, where are you headed? And they go, Camp Crystal Lake. And he goes, ah, okay, I'll take you to Camp Crystal Lake. The girl, one of the girls obviously is like hitting on him. He's like, hey, come on down with us. We're going to have a party down by the lake. So yeah, she's hitting on him and is saying like, oh, you should come with us. You should party with us and all this. He's like, ah, you know, I, I got to go back to my girlfriend and all this and they were like, yeah, we're really glad you came by. We've been standing out there for hours waiting for a ride. And then he goes, okay, we're here. They drove for three minutes. They could have just walked the other, like, how long, even if you're going 40 miles an hour, you drove for three minutes. How far could you have gone that you couldn't have just walked on down the road and got your ass there? You know, how long did they just stand there waiting for this guy to pick him up? And then he drops him off at what looks like the same place he picked him up. <laughs> it's weird. Like, they didn't spend a lot on locations for this. I have a feeling this was like a reshoot kind of thing. Because it looks like he just dropped him off on the other side of this. Like, he came up the other way, you know? Yeah. He dropped him off on the other side of the stop sign where they were standing before. I'm like, ah, okay. Well, they go down, and then, like, two of them are having sex in the tent. And in what is the most subtle thing ever in a Friday the 13th movie, she's like, oh, come on, baby, use the condom. And he's like, nah, we don't need a condom. He throws it out of the window of the tent. And that's when you see the possessed person as walks up, steps on the condom. You're like, ah, symbolism. Because, you know, it was the 90s, so we had to start having consequences for all the casual sex in these movies. So then, while they're having sex, she gets killed because Jason shows the, like, tent spike through there, stabs it through, and then rips her completely in half, which is a pretty good effect. From her stomach up. Yeah, he rips her pretty good. And her, her, her vagina's still intact. Yeah, because she was still riding the guy when this happened. And uh, apparently, on the commentary of this, it says that the effects guy kept the molds that he made of her when she was split in half and uses them as bookends. Whoa. That's intense, right? Can you imagine you go to this guy's house and he's got the fucking like bookends of the split and half woman? That's <laughs> fucking that's intense. That'd be awesome to see. Like walk in, like, what is that? Oh yeah. It's this girl who got cut in half in a Friday the thirteenth movie. We just uh made some bookends out of her. No, that's fucking creepy, dude. Yeah. And also that girl, like, how weird to be forever, like, immortalized in that way. Because it's like a mold of her tits, like, her whole thing, like, her whole body. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah, the sex scene in there is very... It's probably the most graphic sex scene in a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. For sure. And uh, as I'm sure everybody by this point knows, the uh, two doing this were a couple that had just recently broke up. So that had to be nice and awkward for them to film that very long sex scene. Because I'm sure you had to spend hours doing that. Because, yeah, it's like three or four minutes on screen, but you know they probably spent a whole night or two filming that. Yeah. So that would have sucked to be both of them. I I couldn't... I, I, like, just thinking about it, I, I can't. There are a lot of good kills in this movie. Your They're, favorite one? Um, hmm. No, I don't have a favorite. Um, I like them all pretty, pretty equally. That one's pretty good. Uh, they're all pretty gruesome. Very gruesome. Um, they had to up the ante for sure. I mean, we've already seen them kill like so many people. It's probably 150 people at this point. So they've got to, they've got to come up with some new ways. This movie also has an appearance by, uh, the recently passed away, uh, Leslie Jordan. Oh yes. Leslie Jordan in this movie. When you see him, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, and he, he was, like, in his 30s? Yeah. Like, 35 or something? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's crazy to see him so young, because you got used to seeing him all these things more recently where he's older. And, yeah, it's, this movie, you know, it's not my favorite one of them, but it had, it's fun. It has some uh, good kills in it, and I get what they were trying to do. They They were like, you know, we're eight movies in, we've already done all this shit, let's just try something new and see how it goes. And unfortunately, they it was just too late to reboot it. Because at that point, people just expected it to be... This kind of has the Halloween 3 problem. People expected it to be Jason showing up at Camp Crystal Lake killing people. That's what they were going to see. And when it wasn't that, they didn't care. I'm going to tell you right now. If anyone thought this is what they were going to see nine movies in... Fuck my life. You had movies one through eight to watch if you wanted to watch that. Oh, fine. Let's skip New York. You had all those other movies, you know? I mean, he's... How how many times... First of all, <laughs> how many times are people going to be like, oh, let's go to Camp Crystal Lake. That's a place where I want to go to. No, bitch. So many people get murdered there. Do not go there. I don't think there was like ever like a history like, oh, remember that year in like... 19 like 87 when we went to camp crystal lake and we just came back just fine everyone survived nothing crazy happened no anytime anyone has ever gone there murdered 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 maybe one survivor maybe no survivors like this is not a place that's a lot of places though why the hell would anybody live in sunnydale with buffy that town had massacres every other week there was a dozen or more people killed at that place poverty you can't just go around just leaving your house. This is not fucking, uh, what's that movie? Um, not The Conjuring. Uh, it's, it's not Insidious where we'll they're like, oh no, life. this bitch is haunted. And then they just get up and go to another fucking house. Another fabulous house. You know, it's like, okay. Like, and I think there was like one line like, oh no, it's costing us so much money to do this. Like, we can't move again. We can't afford it. We never hear it about it again. Mind you, it's not like obviously major plot point in the film, but they just, that's always a thing in those horror, haunted horror movies, uh, haunted houses, horror movies. That's, that's a lot. You know what I get to what I'm saying. You got. You can't leave because you're poor. You can't leave. I can't afford it. Can't just up and go. Especially in these haunted house movies, there's multiple children. There's never like it's just like a husband and a wife. Yeah, they always have like nine kids. You know, even if it's just one fucking kid, that's still a lot. But 
that's a lot of places, like I said, Sunnydale's that way. I feel like, what was the town? Uh, Sparta, Mississippi, in, in the heat of the night. That place had a murder a week for n- eight or nine seasons. I would not, uh, out of there. That place was a bad place to live. And also, anywhere that, what's her name, Angela Lansbury went and murder she wrote, everywhere she went, somebody died. That bitch was the angel of death. <laughs> because it didn't matter where she went, a murder happened. I'd see her coming and be like, no, I would lock the door and not let her anywhere near my house because somebody was going to die when she got there. Maybe if they would have done, like, Camp Crystal Lake-like housing or, like, Camp Crystal Lake, like condominiums, or like, oh, like yeah. keep breaking. the name, but like it's not actually a camp. You know what I mean? They're breaking ground on the new apartment. They're putting in a new section on the new apartment building. They break through the concrete, and there's Jason's corpse in the concrete. So then they, <laughs> that's where he comes out. How he got there? Who knows? Make some shit up. They they wouldn't be the first time they've done that. You know. um you know, corp- big corporation came and they bought the land. They found him floating on the rock at the bottom hey, of it. The and corporation that- from the poltergeist, they fucking j- jumped shit from that area. They moved somewhere else. They went to New Jersey, bought the fucking land, put concrete over the fucking lake, yep, put apartments on lake, it. And he was just covered in the slime down there. They didn't see it. And they just put concrete. Next thing you know, he's busting out of the concrete. Yeah. Or Boom. they did see it and they're like... Ah, that's Jason. Who cares about that guy? He's super dead. We don't have money to transport that body. No one cares. He has no living relatives. No one's coming to look for him. Boom, concrete. We'll just move his headstone like we did in the other Poltergeist movie. It worked out fine for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, that was only one family against us. Everyone else, no one else had any issues around the neighborhood. Yeah, she'd be fine. So this is just one guy. Who cares? Yeah, concrete. Um, Boom. Yeah. So do something I, like that. I get the idea that they were trying to do something new because, new because they were so deep into it that they wanted to try something new. But like I said, people didn't want to see something new at that point. They just wanted to see the same old thing. It was like a comfort food thing. That's why I think the New York one didn't do well. Because all they would have had to done when they got to New York was... There's a police station like every few blocks in New York. There's a small precinct, right? Yeah, Go to I the police station. That okay. New York something. one is very disturbing. Yeah, there's a lot going on in there. I do not like that one. And that would make no sense either. Like, okay, he's in New York, but he only kills people that, like, attack him personally or bother him. Yet he's obsessed with hunting down these people from Crystal Lake. Wouldn't he just go on a mass murder spree everywhere if he got to a big city? He's very selective in what's going on. It makes no sense. Maybe he can't see the other people around him. Only he can see, like, the aura, like a glow from the Camp Crystal Lake people. Ah, people that have touched the the ground around there. Yeah. So, and, and maybe, like, he has, like, the fucking, like, horse vision where he's just, like... He's got blinders so he can't see anything with them. He, he just sees, like, black shadow outlines of exactly. everyone else. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's how he's yeah. able to tell them in the crowd. It's like fucking Terminator when he's, like, scanning the room. <laughs> He's looking for the Camp Crystal Lake or that's how he gets him. Uh, I, I know that this has been like a long time coming. Obviously, the whole franchise has been in litigations for like a bajillion years. And who knows if that's ever going to officially be 100% cleared out. Because I know we got to like a point where it was like good. But then it, it, it was not good anymore. Yeah. Um. I hope it doesn't come back. I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to see another Jason movie. I don't want to see another Jason Voorhees. I don't want to see another Michael Myers movie. Let's make a new icon. 
what happened to fucking what's his face this is who we need to be focusing on um my man from behind the mask leslie vernon what happened to leslie vernon okay bring him back or someone else i know now we i technically i guess we have terrifier but yeah somebody else we need to make more you know more like more horror icons we need to leave let let these rest they tired okay in so many regards (laughs) (laughs) story-wise like michael myers he needs to he's at a retirement age okay he needs to collect the social security checks go into like the retirement home for like horror icons and just go to sleep. Jason, he needs to just stay wherever he where we left him last. I don't even remember where we left him last. In space. We left him motherfucking space. That is that where we left him? Leave him up there. Yeah, the last one of that series was where he went to space. And I did the reboot of it, but even then he Oh, Killer Cut. Which I actually did really like. Yeah, that one was actually pretty good. I really like Killer Cut. That's a pretty decent movie. If they do bring it back, it's Camp Crystal Lake, but it's winter time. And people are there and they've turned it into like Camp Crystal like resorts or a hockey fine a hockey but, but camp. At some point no, in it has the to be a series, <laughs> at some point in the series, he has to just come out on the ice with the hockey mask on and someone say, Oh, the new goalie's here. No. And then he just goes and murders the shit out of everybody on I'm the ice. I'm gonna tell you what. He... Wait, he's gotta use a skate. He's got to use a hockey stick, and he's got to cram a hockey puck in someone's mouth. Either by just grabbing him and cramming it in, or he hits the puck so hard when it hits him, it just shatters their teeth and goes into their mouth and kills them. I don't want to say anything negative about a child, because at the end of the day... Or maybe, you know what, we revert him back to a child, and now he's just a child murderer. Because I don't know if anyone else has noticed, and I'm going to state state this now at this podcast... We're going to see in 2023, 2024, maybe we'll be tired by 2024. There's going to be an up in child murder movies. Like the children of the murderers. We have that fucking, oh, I think it's going to be a terrible movie. That movie that's coming out about the killer kids, which is literally that so similar to that movie that we started watching. that was really bad about the kids that freaking were by like the power plant with the, in the school bus. Um, uh, the children. Yeah, the children. The children and that new movie that's coming out. Um, don't let the children. The children are coming. I don't know the name of the damn movie, but the children are crazy and they're killing people. They're killing their parents in the movie. Um, there's gonna be a rise in like children killer uh, because that's been like a faux pas. I feel like ah, uh, we can't have children doing anything crazy. Like that's that's drawing a line. Yeah, if that movie makes money, it will be. If that one bombs, it will be like, nah, let's just go back. Well, if it does make money, they need to bring Jason back as a kid. That movie I will see. Then he can... Because, and I don't want to say anything negative about anyone with a disability. Because this is a fictional character. Okay, this is not a real person. (laughs) Okay, but I'm going to tell you right now. This child that jumped out with his bulbous head and he was like why don't deformity in the back of his head and his crazy eye jumped out of the water in the first movie he is not getting in skates all right fucking doing any kind of fucking skating and playing hockey i'm telling you right now he couldn't even swim okay and also water is his vulnerability so he can't get on the fucking ice he's literally he'll be in water and some ice breaks he's dead 
That's it. Uh, End and, of movie. You know, he stayed at the bottom of the lake for like two different movies, chained to a rock, and came out okay. All they had to do was cut the chain. According to uh, Jason versus Freddy, that was a little water from a fucking pipe did him wrong. So, I mean, <laughs> we got to draw the line somewhere. Where are we going to... Is he vulnerable to it or not? Like, you can't just... So you're saying that like someone with a water gun could defeat Jason? Yes, I mean, that's someone, what they... <laughs> someone just hoses him down. And they're like, like the a cat, super soaker. They're like in the cat in your yard that you're trying to get rid of. They're just spraying him with the hose. And they're like, "Back, you son of a bitch! I will turn the sprinklers on your ass. Do not come into my yard." And that's it. He's dead. Bring Corey Feldman back, okay? Yeah, this and... would have been their opportunity here to have uh, what's it? That would be Tommy Jarvis that was coming after him. Why not just have John LeMay play Tommy Jarvis? I'm sure they didn't have the rights to it, but you know, why not have him just be Tommy Jarvis again? That would have been fine. I guess, but we already did Tommy Jarvis as an adult in that other movie. Yeah. Right? So, like, we can't have him again. Kid versus kid. There's so many. Look, we could just sit here all night long and bring and come up with all kinds of crazy-ass ways that they're going to redo this movie. But whatever does happen, if it does eventually happen... I'm sure it's either going to be fucking amazeballs or it's going to be fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> there's not going to be any middle on it. If, if it comes back, it's going to be amazing and everyone's going to be like, holy shit, they pulled it off. They revitalized the franchise. Or it's going to be like, oh God, why didn't they just leave it dead? I'm going to tell you right now, if it's set in the wintertime and there is a hockey scene or some kind of ice scene and they're like in Camp Crystal Lake like mountain resorts or some shit I'm gonna need them I'm gonna need some royalties I'm gonna tell you right now it's here this is forever just give me a just give me a uh, Camp Crystal Lake flyers or whatever you're gonna call it hockey jersey and I'll be happy hell no I'm gonna need that cash okay I'm gonna put it all the cash in the bed underneath the mattress old old timey style Okay, that's I'm gonna Scro- Scrooge McDuckett. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. That would be pretty cool. But like I said, we can sit here all day and come up with all the crazy ideas of what could happen to Jason. But in the end, I think what we'll get is I think the remake in 2009, which was pretty good, is probably the best one that they had done since like maybe part six. I don't Maybe since like. Uh, like 86 that came out so maybe like that one and then the killer cut came out in 2009 so it had been like 23 years since there was a decent one what happened in part 6 part 6 was the one where he finally came back and he was zombie Jason okay they dug up the grave and Tommy Jarvis put the uh, fence post through and we got struck by lightning as long as it's before the fucking telepath or the girl with the kinetic powers whatever the fuck she had Carrie yeah no telekinesis I know she was essentially the pitch of that one was Jason versus Carrie yeah, but before it gets crazy weird, and then it's just, oh, why? I just, why, why? That part six had the great opening where they do the uh, thing like James Bond, where they're doing the, like, you see the scope coming yes. on Jason, and he slashes it with the machete. Yeah, the opening of that one was great, too. Yeah, it's a pretty good opening. Because that one tried something different. That was where they were like, oh, well, we finally killed him in the last one. We hacked his face off with a machete. So that was when he finally came back as zombie Jason for real. But yeah, um, I'd give this one... Two and a half knives. It's it's watchable. It's fun. But don't. the more you think about it, the less sense it makes. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense only if you know this whole dead-eyed situation. 
Yeah. That's what makes the movie. Because, which they don't. They don't go out of their way to say... They don't mention it's it because, the, of course, they didn't have the rights of to any course, of that. Of course. But, like, you, if you're a horror film fan, like, you see the fucking Evil Dead book. Like, you're like, it's a Necronomicon. You're there, like, okay, there's something to this, and I need to find out what it is. But we don't have an explanation, so then the movie's all over the place. Like, it doesn't make sense. Does it make 100%, you know, does it make that much sense with that knowledge? A little bit. Doesn't make the movie, per se, better, but I find it to be more interesting and then bringing a connection and kind of bringing it into the same world. If we're going to go out and say that they live in this, he lives in the same world as Freddy, why couldn't he live in the same world as Ash? Like, mm-hmm. why not? You know? Well, you and it explains why time. he comes back. Yeah, you got Ash traveling through time and everything, so who knows? Maybe he travels to multiple dimensions. The multiverse is big now. We're going to get Jason in the multiverse. Oh, gosh. Well, someone's writing that right now. You know they are. I can't right now. Oh, there is a little... I'm sure there's a fucking shit ton of Easter eggs, but the sheriff's office is in uh, Cunningham County. Yeah. Wink. wink. Um, also, there's another little trivia on this. Not only does Kane Hodder play, you know, Jason, plays a security guard outside the place, he's also the person that was wearing the Freddy glove and sweater that pulled it down. Mm. So, technically, he's played Jason... Freddy, and uh, he was stunt double for Leatherface in one of the Texas Chainsaws as well. And he got killed by himself. Yeah. So I mean, the others can say that. I hope that he got, like, multiple checks, because he did multiple things in this film. Yeah, he, he deserved it. He also probably got people coffee. I don't... <laughs> he was doing everything in this movie. <laughs> Let's just say that he did, because that makes it... Yeah, that's kind of weird, like... But then who was... Okay, never mind. I was going to actually say something really stupid, so I'm going to stop right there. So I said I gave that, I gave this film yeah, two, two, I'm going to give it two knives. Okay. I'm going to give it two knives. If knowing about the deadite, him being a deadite, I'll give it two and a half knives. That's, that's what, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I had to think about it. I had to okay. think about it. I had to really put my mind you to it. Like you, you look like you broke there for a second. I did break. I did break. Because it's Jason goes to hell uh, the final Friday so on the Friday the thirteenth. Series that we've had the you had part four was the final chapter that turned out not to be true. Now we've got the final Friday, which also turned out not to be true because Jason X came after this. Um, but was it on a Friday though? <laughs> That's true. It might have been the final Friday in the series. And Jason kept going. It might have been. So when he was in space, that should happen on a fucking Wednesday. Like, yeah, that is fine. Let's let's just be honest. He's he's floating in space. It's not Friday. Is there are there Fridays in space? Are there are oh, they're there... using star dates for the time that you know they're they're using Star Trek rules now. They're using star dates. Nobody worries about the dates anymore. Okay. But he just comes on and they're like star date thirteen thirteen. Oh shit. Oh my gosh! I can't. Not <laughs> bring him. Keep him in space and do something amazing with him in space. There were tie-in novels that took place after Jason X. Like, they did novels that happened where he, like, crashed onto the planet and was killing people on the new planet. Hmm, interesting. Was there a Camp Crystal Lake in that planet? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was Planet Crystal Lake. Who knows? The Pl- whole planet was a giant crystal lake. Holy shit, there's a movie right there. Boom. If, what's-his-face, Machete could go into fucking space, we're gonna put Jason in space. 
He's already in space. He's already there. He's going to run so into Machete. We just got a, ooh, Machete versus, oh, and his name is Machete. So yeah. <laughs> that's what he uses That would to be kill. an amazing one. They have a Machete fight in space. Machete versus Jason with the Machete. <laughs> that would be great. We already got a good, let's call him up. Let's call, what's his face up? Let's call Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. He, he's game. He's he, already in. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> He's down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I'm going to draw about this. Thank you so much for joining us in the 30th anniversary of Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.